You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. For, for, all, things, for, for all things KC, KC, for everything Chiefs, it's always, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Welcome into It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. A little bit different today. We're going to start the podcast, just me and Nick Schwartz. Kayla's going to jump in a little bit later. We're going to get to a little bit of game stuff. But because we record this typically on Thursdays, we were anticipating the NFL making a decision on what might take place between the Bills and Cincinnati. Therefore, how they might align the playoffs going forward. So we waited, and wisely so. So before we get to the game stuff, Nick and I are going to break down. If you missed the news earlier on Thursday, or late Thursday as it was, the NFL has firmly decided Buffalo and Cincinnati will not play their game. That's what the reporting said it was going to happen, but they've gone a step further. Rather than just take it from a win percentage perspective, they have put in a multitude of caveats that could change the way the playoffs are played. If the Chiefs and Bills both win on Saturday and Sunday and then face each other in an AFC title game, if approved by the owners on Friday, then they'll play a neutral site AFC title game. Cincinnati could also get one, but it takes the Chiefs and the Bills losing this weekend and them winning and a couple of other things to take place. Those are the big ones, and then the other ones involve Cincinnati and the Ravens, and we can talk about them for just a minute because this is a Chiefs podcast, so we're talking about it as it affects the league and as it affects the Chiefs. I know what I'm about to say makes me in the minority. It seems very obvious I'm in the minority, and I think it might be. Some of it might just be because that's the team you cheer for, but I don't have a problem with this. And honestly, I think it's probably... It, it's being disingenuous if you want to take the stance that says, this is unfair to the Chiefs. Is it? Is it really all that unfair that they get the bye week and the rest if they win? They don't have to face both Cincinnati and Buffalo in the playoffs in this scenario. They can still be the one seed all by themselves. If Buffalo is to lose to New England this Sunday, And the only thing that is truly a negative for them is they might, and I want to emphasize might here, have to play a neutral site AFC title game against Buffalo because the other neutral site AFC title game scenario is the one against Cincinnati. And that one could have never have happened. If Cincinnati and Buffalo played each other, a winner would have emerged. And if the Chiefs would have lost in week 18, they couldn't have been the one seed. It was impossible. So they're getting a free neutral site game when they would have had to travel to either Buffalo or Cincinnati in that case, in my opinion. So the only downside is the possibility of a singular neutral site game. Everything else they want, they get. And I think, Nick, before I know it's hard because there's a lot going on, but the thing that stands out to me about this is the NFL, as critical as we are of them, 
both stated in their statement for Roger Goodell and I think actually factored in humanity. They made this decision not solely based on a football game, but the thing that led us to these things. And honestly, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem taking in people, taking in what happened to people and saying this is an extraordinary circumstance and we're going to make extraordinary rules to follow it. So if this thing gets approved tomorrow, I don't have a huge problem with it. Yeah. And when the, the, the part that you just ended on there is part of the reason why I'm not. I mean, I know that they tend to not put this stuff forward unless they think it's going to get passed. But there's part of me that says this isn't really in line with how the NFL operates. Not that, typically. It's nice to think about them taking humanity into account. But when you're talking about playoff seedings and Super Bowl chances, like I could tell you one owner is probably not voting for it. And that's Cincinnati's right. If I'm Cincinnati, I'm saying, what the are you kidding me? Their their end of it sucks the worst. We're yeah. going to be recognized as AFC North champions and may not even get to benefit from actually having uh, in, in a home playoff game. Like it's going to come down to a coin flip with they in Baltimore. Baltimore. Only if they lose. Only if they lose on Sunday. Right. But yeah. And Baltimore's probably thinking the same thing that we could win two games against this team, and yet we're going to be roped into this. So what 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 the NFL is effectively deciding to do is to make Kansas City and Cincinnati, and in a way Baltimore, shoulder the weight of Monday Night Football and what happened, as opposed to making fourteen teams shoulder it and i'm sure the chiefs in the cincinnati are saying yeah. we would rather the other 14 like if i'm clark hunt I, I i would still probably say like i don't know man maybe cincinnati wins that game we win the afc and we get a home field we get home field advantage and we get to host an afc championship game for the fifth consecutive year i don't know if you take those chances if you're Brett Veach, if you're clark hunt if you're andy reed i'll just tell you this man i don't love it and it's not because I think my team's getting shafted. It just doesn't feel like this is the way that playoff seating should be decided. That's it. Like nothing more, nothing less. I'm not offended. I don't feel like I'm saying this because I think the Chiefs should be hosting the AFC title game in the one seed. It's just that I don't feel like this was the easiest solution, which would have been simply going off win percentage. And I know that you factor the humanity in, but I would ask you, and, I, and this is an honest question for a league that makes its money on the competition. Yeah. At what point do you go back to the idea that this is a competition and we're not just going to sort of gloss over what would have been a monumental game with two weeks to go in the regular season? It just, to me, seems to go against everything that makes the NFL what it is. Yeah, I, I, I do understand that part. I mean, we we earlier today were having this conversation and it's not that I would have had some huge issue with the win percentage part, but I don't think I'm going to be critical of the league that I've asked to have some some form of humanity for actually having it. Like, I understand this, like, notion that, like, these other teams are having to shoulder this. You know, Buffalo doesn't get everything they want out of this either. They're going to have to be the two or the three seed. Like they could still be the one. It's a long shot. It's not a long shot. Chiefs could just lose and they could win, but they could still be the one seed and we'll never know the results of that game. But to me, in a weird, in like not an elegant way, but but in a simple way, Nick, is the way you were saying, like they made it complicated. They didn't. All they did, this is stupid, but this is like, uh, this is the multiverse. 
This is the Avengers multiverse. That's what they created. And I know that that sounds complicated, but in an elegant way, they have allowed the way they've set it up to factor in anything that could have happened if that game was played. If that game was played, Cincinnati could have won or Buffalo could have won, which meant Cincinnati would have had a shot at the one seed. Buffalo would have had a shot at the one seed. Kansas City would have had a shot at the one seed. Uh, The Ravens would have had a chance to win the division. They're trying to give everyone a chance for the thing that could have happened to actually happen. And I know, and your point to the competition stuff is not necessarily unfair because it does seem counterintuitive to the way that they typically operate. But this is one of those circumstances where I am willing to do it. Because for me, and I think that this is maybe where the biggest difference for why I stand on this side and a lot of other people stand on the other side is like even today. So like we host the show in Kansas City and Alex co-host, he had said, all right, it's time to talk about the football part. And to me, that is pretending like let's just have a conversation about what the records are and where they are and what that should mean for the playoff seating. And it's taking out the part that got us there. Like to me, as much as it is like the other teams are shouldering the weight, the Bills shouldn't have to shoulder all this weight. All of the things that happen in that game can be factored into this decision to me. I Yeah, but that's I, that's only the only way you get from that to the conclusion of this being the best solution is if you are of the belief that the second that they decided to not continue playing that game on Monday night, that the Bills and the Bengals no longer had any obligation to ever get an outcome from that game. No, I know. Because when that game ended, I thought they were still going to play it at some point, Cody. I thought they may come back and play it on Wednesday. I thought they may try to move the league schedule uh, back a day and have a, and have a couple teams try to play on Monday or try to do something with the bye week. I know it, it's not easy either, but I I don't know why I, I I understand what you're saying, but I do feel like those teams still have an obligation to get a result one way or another, and if you can't get that, if you're not ever going to play the game, I don't think we just say, well, okay, that's fine, you don't have to. Like there are rules in place for this, but here's the thing. And again, it's not about the chiefs. I just want them to do it the way they always would do it. I want them to do it without adding in these weird factors, like a neutral site AFC championship game, which is just not, it's not how the NFL is played. You don't go to the super bowl by playing in a neutral site game the week before. That's not how it's ever worked. And it's not how it should work. Typically. No, but I like to me, like the argument, like I, I get Joe Mixon's making these X marks. Like these are the rules. Guess what else is in the rule book, Nick, that the can make, exceptions like that's in the rule book the same thing as it's in the rule book that it's a tiebreaker that same fucking book says hey man we can change any of this shit and that's what they're doing by the rule book they went to the competition committee they took this whole thing to a vote they're going to take it to all the owners the rule book allows for that too i i won't let the like to me that's the easiest thing to throw out well it's in the rule book all this everything they're doing is in the rule book too it allows them to do these things for extenuating circumstances to me this If not this, what is like, I get it. We actually like the NFL kind of got lucky because the NFL tried to rework all this stuff for COVID. You know what? How come nobody has mentioned that the NFL rule book during the COVID years said that if teams don't, they, they set up an NFL COVID rule book. And it said, if you don't have enough players to play the game on Sunday, you forfeit what they do, Nick, they fucking played on Wednesday. They played on Tuesday. They moved all those games around. They jacked with it a bunch. This is not even the first time in the last five years they fucked with the schedule. 
This just happens to be in the playoffs. Like, I don't like the notion either. Be like, well, it's unfair to do it January 5th. Well, they can't help the timing of when the guy got hurt. Like, I, I really think you and I agree with this. And I think everybody does. The NFL did screw up. They should have played this game and they should have moved all their postseason back. And this is where their greed got in the way again. As much as I'm giving them compliments for the humanity part of, you know, helping out the bills here, which they're doing a little bit, they should have moved their playoff schedule back one week and let Cincinnati, because that ends all of this. No more asterisks, no more weird. And I don't think there will be anyway, but no more like whatever fan base is going to try to make it up. Cause that's what I kind of hate about what this playoff run is going to do. If the Chiefs host an AFC title game at a neutral site against Buffalo and lose, every Chiefs fan will be like, this isn't a legitimate Super Bowl by Buffalo. And and that's not fair. Buffalo didn't do anything to make these decisions. These decisions were made without them. And vice versa, if Kansas City's to win the Super Bowl because, you know, like they got the bye and it doesn't feel like they should, then Buffalo fans are going to try to like hang it on them. And none of that, none of that should be factoring into these things. And they could have eliminated that by, like you said, having them play that game, but they could have never made him play that week. I don't think playing that Wednesday made sense. I think that would have been too much. It was going to require the NFL to move back a whole week. And I'm just not sure they were going to ever do that. Yeah. I mean, for the chiefs point of view, it's, it's a good deal. You're, I mean, it's weird because the outcome is something that you weren't even considering a week ago. Like, no, by the way, if you'd gone into the, if I told you the Monday night game's not going to start to say, Hey, right now you can choose, you get the buy. You get the number one seed, and only if you play Buffalo, you have to host a neutral site game in the AFC title game. But Buffalo and Cincinnati aren't going to play. What do you want to do? You, you want to take? You want to roll the dice? Maybe you'll get the one seed. Maybe you'll be the two or the three. Yeah, what but I would have said that's ridiculous. There's no way that can happen. <laughs> no, but if you were don't play neutral site games, and but if you were forced, if you were forced to make the decision in the moment, I think you actually would have taken the result the Chiefs got. That's what's funny. Because you'd have been like, I mean, I guess I'll take the buy. Yeah, because if you would have given me the buy, there's, I mean, I would accept pretty much anything if you told me they get a buy. Yeah, well, and especially because the buy in the AFC playoffs this year means you, no matter what happens in this, the Chiefs will not have to play Buffalo and Cincinnati. But aren't you? That is objectively a huge win for them in the postseason. Aren't you pretty pissed if you're Buffalo too? Kinda, but right, you know, which speaks to which speaks to how happy you'd be if you're the Chiefs because every other team feels like they're getting shafted. But if I'm Buffalo, I'm saying so. Since we were down by four points in the first half, we now have to play an extra game. Yeah. We now no longer we we relinquished the one seed because one of our players had a heart attack on the field and we were down by four points. Usually, so. by the way, this speaks to the fairness. If Chiefs fans are like, this is unfair, and Bills fans are like, this is unfair, and Cincinnati's like, this is unfair, I think maybe we've done okay here. Yeah, Honest. or, or, or you completely <laughs> shit the bed. Like, yeah. That's also like when everyone's mad, you could have just screwed up royally. There's, I can find <laughs> plenty of examples in life where that happens. But uh, you know, this would, really this would be so hey. easy if Buffalo just lose on Sunday and the Chiefs would win. And then none of these scenarios will happen and we can all just live blissfully. I just wonder sometimes if the simplest solution isn't the best solution. What would have been the easiest thing? Hey, we're not going to do any neutral side stuff. They didn't play the game. We didn't make them play the game right then, but. At some point, you have to account for that game. It's a no contest. Go off winning percentage and do it that way. I still don't love it because I still feel like they should play the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I've never been the guy who just wants the easiest possible path. I want, I want the Chiefs to play a bunch of 500 teams all the way to the Super Bowl. 
and then we'll have fun and get drunk at the championship parade. Like yeah, I'm like, same. go earn it, you know, go earn it, go play a team. I don't want, I don't want there to ever be any sort of rebuttal that anybody can say for the rest of time. Like I'm a KU fan. When we go to the final four, like I don't want to just play a 12 seed and 11 seed in the elite eight in the final four to go to the national championship game. Like I want to take down another one seed and stomp over their dead body and say, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we beat them. So don't ever try to tell us that that wasn't a great run. I feel the same way about the Chiefs. Like, I want to beat the best. I want to play the Bills. If we have to go to Buffalo and beat them up there, like, that's an epic win that will go down, like, in Chiefs lore. I like that stuff. So that to think that a Super Bowl run could be propelled by those two teams not playing a game and therefore the Chiefs getting a neutral site game. And the, like if the Chiefs are playing in Indianapolis against the Bills for a shot at the Super Bowl. Like, I'm sorry, Cody. That's going to feel I really weird. Mean this. I really mean this. I mean this sincerely. But who gives a shit? Like, honestly, the fanfare surrounding that game, you know, will be so much different than if the Chiefs were going to Buffalo or yeah. hosting Buffalo at Arrowhead. In a weird way, it will feel so. That game, if it ends up happening, will be so weird. Yeah. By the way, the, the Cincinnati one, the one that kills me, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it because this is obviously a cheese podcast. But the fact that if they lose to Baltimore, they're going to coin flip for who gets to host the game, even though they've already declared the Bengals the AFC North champions. Okay, that's the part where I'm like, okay. What is right. this? Is this Friday Night Lights? Are we in Permian? Are we in, are we in West Texas in 1994? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, that's the weirdest one. Playoff tiebreakers. Like, this is so ludicrous. On the neutral side part, screw Indianapolis. That stadium brings nothing but horrors for the Chiefs. If you get to choose the neutral site, any my, my current stance is hashtag anywhere but Indy. Literally play in Chicago. I don't even know what the weather is supposed to be like in three weeks in Chicago. Probably bad yeah. because it's January there. I'd rather do that than send Kansas City to Indianapolis. Screw that stadium and it's 30 point playoff sadness and all the dumb stuff that happens in that stadium for the last 30 years. They've shaken every single weird thing that's ever happened in the franchise since Patrick Mahomes showed up, except Indy. That's still the team that does it to them. I don't want anything to do with that stadium. Put it in New Orleans. Cool. Put it in Houston. All right. Put it in Atlanta. We're fine. Put it in Vegas. Sounds good. Just not Indianapolis. Anywhere but Indy. I mean, if we're going to go weird, why don't we just get really weird with it and put the game in like Notre Dame? Let's do a college stadium. Go to the big house, right? Oh, 100,000 people? Like really yeah. get some extra why the seats? Hell not? Will it get sold out? On yes. Two days? A hundred percent. Especially if it, because in that case, it's going to have to be against Buffalo and Kansas City. In Indianapolis, yeah, they'll get there. You remember the last Buffalo and Kansas City playoff game we watched? I don't care what, and, and, and this one would be in a dome. What are we gonna get? Six hundred yards a piece? No, I feel fine. I think I I think people would show, don't you? Yeah, but I mean, that's just gonna be so lame to play that game in a dome. Like, if you're gonna play it somewhere, play it somewhere with inclement weather. Kansas City, not so nice in January. No. Buffalo, not so nice in January. I don't want them going to Houston or yeah. playing inside a dome. I actually heard that same argument because Cincinnati, the other team who technically can get the neutral side thing, it just takes it takes more extreme circumstances. They have to win and the Chiefs and the Bills both have to lose in order for them to have a chance at a neutral side game. And that would only be if they took on Kansas City in it, whatever. But in that case, it's like those are all cold weather cities. So outside stadium, like, look, they're all cold. So like, you know, like if uh, you know, why not? Right. That kind of make 
honestly, in a weird way, Nick, that does kind of make sense, doesn't it? Factor in the elements. Give us a chance to do it. Like, give it, give them a chance to play. What are you going to do? Take it to Denver, though? Like, no, play it. If I want the Pittsburgh, if the Chiefs and the Bills play, I want them to play in Cincinnati, and I want only Cincinnati fans to be allowed to attend. <laughs> well, no Chiefs or Bills fans. Everybody that would be, that would be orange and black. Could you imagine the sadness level of that equation for them? They just have to. And like, by the way, Cody, it's, it's like, already going to be the saddest AFC championship game ever. Do you think, by the way, just um, I know that we, you know, we don't want to carry this on for the whole episode, although I don't care. We could talk about it for the next 45 minutes easily. Do you think there's any chance the NFL owners won't approve it? Yes. Oh, man. Well, like, think about like if you're like uh, just real quick, if you're the Bengals owner, you're not voting for it, right? Right. If you're the Chiefs, if you're Clark, I don't think the Bills are voting for it. What about Clark? The Bills, I think the Bills will just go along. Clark is a company why would the man. Bill, why would the Bills go along? I don't know. It's it's important to know that Clark is a company man. Clark has never gone against the Shield. Wait, and isn't he on the competitive? Ever. Yes, dude. Yes, yes. He's never. He's never. And so's Andy. Never gone against the Shield, dude. Never. Clark is definitely going to vote for it. He's just gonna. That's just what Clark does. There's just no doubt in my mind he'll vote for it. So then Jerry, like, Jerry ain't voting for that shit. <laughs> like the most interesting part of like. All these teams that aren't even in it just being like, nah, fuck that. That looks stupid. I don't want to. It doesn't even impact them. It's like just Dan Snyder's like twiddling his thumbs, thinking about the next sexual harassment he's going to commit in his office. And he's like, I don't like it. Yeah, the more I go through it, nine, nine is a lot. That's a big number to get votes. Like, it wouldn't shock me to see him get four or five, but nine is a big number. Something tells me that before they even released those scenarios, they ran a couple of these up the flagpole. Like, Hey guys, you 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 think you'd vote for this? Yeah. You, is that be okay? I think it's going to pass. And I think when we get to this vote, I know we're recording this on Thursday night, so this will be Friday, but when it comes to that vote on Friday, I'm 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 pretty sure it's going to pass, isn't it? Probably so. Before history is written. It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, of course, we've got Kayla Kinnear with us for the rest of the episode here on It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. And Kayla, I got to be honest. We got what felt like a very upbeat press conference today regarding the health of DeMar, which was honestly, I think for everybody involved, the teams, fans, us, much needed. 100%. And as people know, we typically record, you know, on Tuesdays for episodes that come out on Wednesdays. And we didn't feel right about recording, obviously, following the 
scary, tragic events for Monday Night Football. We were all sick to our stomachs, so we took a beat. Um, but flash forward a few days, guys, this is incredible news. He's responsive. He has movement in his extremities. He has brain function. He even wrote doctors a note asking who won the game Monday night, to which they applied, replied, you won the game of life. I'm not crying. You're crying. This is a miracle if I've ever seen one. Well, and that's it. I mean, when you when you see the update today, it was actually so nice. Like he woke up and one of the first things he wrote down was, did we win football guys, man? I mean, but it's just <laughs> like, well, it's like imagine like first he was confused, right? He was surprised two days had passed is what the doctors had said today, which would be to any of us if we had just, you know, gone into cardiac arrest in the field. But then to wake up, find out that the game was postponed, find out that your charity has seven and a half million dollars. It's just like what what a like a surreal new world to wake up to. But the fact that he had neurological control, that they said he was he was squeezing hands, that he was communicating, even if he wasn't speaking yet. And that while, you know, his lungs still need work and all those things, they think he's, you know, like it sounds like he's going to have a life. Like it's not just that he's going to live, but he's going to have a life after this. That was that that's what those things today. I thought it was just such a really, really, really reassuring press conference today when the people of the hospital spoke. Well, when you go back to the the injury itself on Monday night, and I think everybody right away recognized that this was not a normal football injury. And you think back to some of the worst ones that you ever remember watching, even if they were football injuries like Alex Smith, who we know that his road to recovery was treacherous and at one point life-threatening. You think about Eric Legrand at, at Rutgers and the story that's kind of followed him now, the story that he has become over the past you know decade plus, Ryan Shazier with the Steelers. All of those stories were incredible roads to recovery, but they were incredible because we wondered at times, like, is this person going to make it? And I think for a lot of people, you know, that immediate aftermath, really 24 to 48 hours after Monday Night Football, it was, like, is DeMar Hamlin going to live through this? And the fact that now you've got him to the point where he's moving his extremities and he's able to communicate with the doctors, it's not something I was anticipating finding out this week, but... A very pleasant surprise. A miracle indeed. And we will obviously be keeping tabs on the latest developments and continued thoughts and prayers to Damar Hamlin and his family and teammates. Um, just incredible progress. All right, guys, we're going to turn our attention to the Chiefs big game this Saturday, taking on the Raiders. We've got some good news. McCole Hardman is activated from injured reserve and is eligible to play on Saturday. Our thoughts. Well, I was a little bit worried when Andy, right before on Tuesday, was like, well, you know, we'll just see. I'm going to talk to Brett. I'm like, uh, don't do that. Because, <laughs> you know, I'd rather have McColl than not. But I still wonder just how impactful he'll be the rest of the year. He's missed half of the season. He has a defined role that didn't even get defined until late last year and was working at its best late last year. And honestly, in the amount of time he's been gone, they found other ways to do it through Jarek McKinnon and others, they've kind of done that. But I still think that he's one of the better athletes. And Justin Watson has gotten a lot of his time. And I definitely think he's better than Justin Watson, or at least more effective than Justin Watson was at that stretch. So I, to me, I still think that it's good news that he's activated. And if, the, and if it's activated, then Kayla, they think that he's going to play for them in the postseason. It cannot be a bad thing that they have more weapons. They're at their best that way. But I still think there's a limitation for how much he's going to sway the NFL playoff picture. Yeah, I think it's kind of what we've we've talked about with basically anybody in this receiving core, which is with the exception of Travis Kelsey. I don't think any of them 
you would look at and say you have to have them to win the Super Bowl. But I think you could look at any of them and say you have to have him to win one game because that's been the way the Chiefs have played. They're not relying on the same players week after week after week. And McColl does somewhat of a specific thing. Like you mentioned Justin Watson, who has taken on a bigger role with the injury to Juju when he had the concussion and then the injuries to McColl Hardman and to Kadarius Toney. Justin Watson has been thrown the ball 32 times in 16 games. McCole Hardman has been thrown the ball 34 times in eight games. So the volume for Hardman, when healthy, is still as good as anybody not named Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster. The difference is where he's getting his production. Justin Watson is getting the ball thrown to him 20 yards downfield routinely, whereas McColl is doing more of that stuff near the line of scrimmage, yards after the catch. It's a very specific skill set, and he's somebody with his experience in this offense, if healthy, is going to have a big role week to week, whereas Justin Watson may play 65% of snaps one week. He may play 32% the next week. That's not ever going to be the case with McColl. If he's healthy, he's going to play. Yeah, but maybe maybe they can go deep to him now, Nick. I mean, we're not considering the fact that they could go back to his rookie year role. They got all the short yardage stuff figured out, man. We're good here. The only thing the Chiefs offense doesn't do is throw it 50 yards down the field. And I'll be honest, Justin Watson isn't good enough at it. He's fine. Like he gets more yards per catch than anyone on the Chiefs, but he only has 250 yards on the season. McColl finished the season with 600 yards his rookie year on like 19 catches. So like he is more equipped to be the deep guy. I think the reason he became the at the line of scrimmage gadget guy is because they needed that for short yardage offense they didn't possess. They now have a short yardage offense. It's one of the best, if not the best, in the entire NFL. They don't necessarily need McColl to fit directly back into his other role. They just need to find a way to use him. Because here's the thing. Justin Watson has gotten almost 50% of the snaps for this team on the year. And he has 260 yards. That ratio sucks. You don't want any wide receiver on your roster playing 50% of the time and tallying up 250 yards. That's that's below D-Rob's rate. That's not what you want. That that is that is not a good ratio. So you would rather have a guy who is capable of getting the football. To me, that's McColl. He's the guy you're going to want to throw to more. He's the guy more capable. He's the better version. Like they're different wide receivers, but he should be better in those situations. He's proven a deep play threat at least at one point in his NFL career. This is more snaps than Watson's ever played. I do. I just want one time. How about this? I want one time this year, Kayla, that we get every single wide receiver the Chiefs have on the field at the same time. We're not going to get it this week because Sky Moore's out. Maybe next week or maybe two weeks from now if they get the bot, you know, like all of those things. But it's just like, please, I guess, if that would be possible, just McColl and MVS and Juju and Kelsey and Jarek McKinnon and Noah Gray. I want them all playing at the same time. The only guy I'm not sure about, unfortunately, Nick, is your guy, Jody Fortson. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a dumb thing to say because you are because <laughs> he's on the IR. He's done yeah. for the year. Yeah. Well, I got to I got to count him out under my skin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, Cody, Chiefs fans can dream. Yeah, exactly. All right. The as we know, these divisional games can sometimes get a bit dicey, as we saw with the Raiders at Arrowhead. But this time they're going to be facing a new quarterback. Guys, who would you rather face? Derek Carr or Jarrett Stidham, and for the record, in his first outing last week in Stidham was 23 of 34, threw for 365 yards, three touchdowns. He did have two interceptions, but not too shabby. That's a hell of a Jarrett Stidham game. That's his only career start. 
He's had a throw for 360 and three tutties. As remember, we learned, Kayla, there's some... Three tutties, yes. Yeah, we can say whatever there. Well, now you know Tutty exists because the uh, the commanders have a... Well, they, uh, in their new mascot, isn't his name Major Tutty? Oh, Major Tutty? that makes so much sense now. Yeah, they don't score many tutties in Washington, <laughs> but that's beyond the point. Major Tutty will cover that end. I think that when... Like and what you're saying is like like you I'm supposed to say oh I'd rather face Stidham or I'd rather face you know like I'm not I would not rather face Carr he's been like a ten year NFL starter I'll take Stidham in his second career start I know Carr has 26 career touchdowns to 17 career interceptions against the Chiefs and he has not even a handful of wins in what is like a gajillion games against Kansas City I'd still rather take on the quarterback who's been in the NFL for four years and has managed to make a single start. Derek Carr has played a full season's worth of games against Kansas City. Yeah. He has played 17 games against the Kansas City Chiefs. He's won three of them. Ooh, so wow. Derek Carr is against the Chiefs. He is a top 12 quarterback, top 15 quarterback in the NFL. But against the Chiefs, he is Davis Mills. Against the Chiefs, he is fast-tracking towards your team getting the first overall pick. That is who he is. So I know that much. I don't know anything about what Jarrett Stidham will look like versus Kansas City. But I've got a mountain of evidence that Derek Carr is very, very bad. What was that? 26 touchdowns in 17 17 games. So, I mean, way, but like a, a touchdown and a half per game and one interception. If you could sign me up for uh one touchdown and one interception, regardless of who's a quarterback, I would take it because I know that's not going to be enough to beat the Chiefs. You want to run the ball against Kansas City? Good luck. Oh, by the way, Josh, 203 touchdowns. Josh Jacobs missed practice on Thursday, so might not even be able to run the ball, in which which case I definitely want Jared Stidham. They don't even have like the opposite end of it. The only thing that scares me about Stidham is the you did 360 and three touchdowns against the Niners like that outlier is like, hmm. I don't love it against that defense. Because if you told me it was against Seattle, I'd be like, Stidham, whatever, right? Let's call it a day. But it's just like, with that, that little one, Nick, that one concerns me a little bit. Well, Stidham here, was even capable of that in his one start. Derek, here's another stat for you. Uh, Derek Carr, in 17 career games, has been sacked 41 times versus the Chiefs. That's two and a half sacks per game in the Chiefs across the course of Derek Carr's career have not been known as one of the most prolific sack teams in the NFL. That's been the big knock against Carr is that he is not strong or poised in the pocket, right? He gets flustered really quickly. And that's when he starts moving outside the pocket. He's not fleet of foot. So that's when the mistakes start coming. The Chiefs have benefited greatly from Derek Carr not having poise in the pocket. Stidham <laughs> is Stidham. Like, I don't know if he's going to be any good, but he does seem to be a bit more of a gunslinger of, okay, what do I have to lose? Like, right. I'm not getting, I'm not guaranteed anything. So I might as well go out here and sling the ball. And it served him well against the Niners. Because, because he spent two years with Josh McDaniels in new England. Is there an argument? He knows the offense better than Carr. Um, he's been in the Josh McDaniels offense for three years. Derek Carr's only been it for one. Maybe. I mean, it's not a coincidence that Derek, Jared Stidham wound up in Las Vegas. No, that was on purpose. That was Josh McDaniels trying to put a quarterback who knew his system comfortably into the mix. Like, I mean, I I get why they ended up there. That's the only I mean, that's the only thing to do that. But still, Kayla, give me Jared Stidham. You don't want to face Derek Carr, do you? Although he is a fun punching bag. So that's kind of a bummer. 
I just, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns with Sidham. Was that just because of like a extra, you know, endurance for your first start? Or was it a bad 49ers game? Like, which one was it? I think, I think a lot of times when you see quarterbacks taking over backup quarterbacks, it's more of, okay, we're running the... I mean, they haven't been getting reps with the first team all year. So I think it's more of, I'm just running the offense that we installed back in training camp four months ago. You saw it with Cooper Rush. You saw it with Mike yeah. White, New York. Baker, even to a point for his first yeah. couple of games. I think it's less improv. It's when you, when you don't have a full grasp of the playbook, it does force you to maybe study up and your eyes get a little bit wider and you say, okay, what are the basics of this offense? What are we doing? Okay, like, right, we're running play action and then I'm going through my reads. It's more of that as opposed to, I know all these plays, so let me tinker a little bit out there. Let me sort of do my thing. I think we see that a lot with quarterbacks who maybe are overplaying like their understanding or their skill set, whereas the backups just come in and say, okay, I'm going to do what's asked of me. I'm going to be a good little soldier and, and make my coaches happy. Okay, well... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Speaking of what's going to happen this weekend, guys, are we ready for game predictions and giving our MVP? I'm going to be very careful, just like last week. I did not call for a blowout. It was not a blowout. I said the Chiefs would win by 10 points, but I said it would be close. I'm going to do something very similar this week. <laughs> right now, the Chiefs playing close games. They just do. And I'm going to get ahead of it. I'm not going to let name nickname his game ball player of the week, George Karloftis. George Karloftis. Is getting two sacks in a victory over the Raiders. The final score will be 31-24. It'll be closer than you want it to be. Jared Stidham will throw a few, but George Karloftis, ceiling sack guy, couple of sacks in the game against the Raiders, and the Chiefs will go on to their 14-3 and record. I like it. Kayla, do you want to go next? I'll go next. You have to think um, of a different player because he was also yeah. going to say Karloftis. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we know, this was, what, 30-29 last time? Uh, and yeah, we've seen some very close games as of late. So I'm going chiefs 30 Raiders 27. Why not sweat it out for the last game of the regular season? Once again, um, and my MVP is going to go to Travis Kelsey, because as we remember, this was the game he had four touchdowns. That was a fun game. This was also the I'm here game. Mahomes was, Oh yeah. Super fired up. Uh, so let's see Kelsey do it again. Gosh, that feels like that was so long ago. I know. What was it? Week was five? That a, was that 2012? What year are you? What year are you describing that game from? That sounds so much has happened since then. Yeah. yeah. What's weird is that the Mahomes didn't have like a great game. He had four touchdowns, but 
292 yards below his average. He was sacked three times. That's above his average. This is the worst secondary in the NFL. Like the Raiders secondary is horrible. So as much as I think that Jarrett Stidham may provide an interesting matchup because there's not tape on him and he seems to be playing pretty free and easy out there. I don't think that's going to affect the defense, which is really, really bad. So I think Mahomes has a couple of things going for him. First off, you're still playing for a lot. This game still has playoff implications. It's the Raiders. It's a divisional game. I think it's going to be an emotional game for everybody involved with it being the first game back since the cancellation of Monday Night Football. So all of these things sort of working in tandem and you just couple in the way the Chiefs are playing right now. It's low-hanging fruit, but I think I'm allowed to do it because we're in week 18, and I haven't done it all year long. My MVP prediction, Patrick Mahomes, I think this is just like a classic MVP rubber stamp game for Mahomes. I'm thinking like 340 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, just puts to bed any conversation that was being had about who's going to win the MVP. How oh, wild yeah. is it? that we got final score. Um, oh, yes. Okay. I'll say Chiefs by... Seven. I'll say yeah, uh, thirty. Uh, say thirty-one to twenty-four. I like it, but yeah, it's, how wild that we've never picked him for an MVP. It's just like we we weren't allowed to, right? For a while, uh, that's it's just like a given. What it's just obvious. Yeah. What percentage chance do we all want to put that Mahomes gets four hundred and thirty yards for the record? Oh, he's four thirty for the single season passing yardage record. Yeah. At, Call. At least 5%. I think it's I think it's in the mix. You couldn't be facing a better defense if that's what you're trying to accomplish. Like this is the team you want to go against. Knowing how competitive he is, yeah. Sign me on the road. That's the other thing. <clears throat> the other thing about Mahomes is we've we've discussed this a few times this year, but he is for whatever reason just a little bit better on the road. True. I not just, it's like always better, Nick. I don't understand it, but whatever. Who cares? Better to be better. Like he's still great at home. It's not like he's bad at home. He's just no. even better on no, the it's, road. It's that he is more human at home. He is an alien. When he gets on the road, he is mortal, but still the best of the mortals when playing at Arrowhead. Small, a small difference. That's it. I like it. All right. That's going to do it for us today on It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. He is Cody Tapp. That is Nick Schwartz. I am Kayla Canaram, and we will be back with you on Monday for game reaction and more. Have a great weekend. 